so easy, so lazy, and so irresponsible to scapegoat. But it's just as easy, lazy, and irresponsible to not show any self-accountability. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Devin Bush did, as the team had promised, meet with the media, sort of, kind of, yesterday. First access that we've had to him in six weeks, if you can call it access. It was done over a Zoom call. It was kept very brief, less than six minutes. And it resulted in at least a small glimpse of what's been wrong with him all this time. And it is, in fact, as a lot of us had expected, more than just bouncing back from major knee surgery. Because Bush, when he was asked about the way his season's gone to date, and Mike Tomlin benching him for parts of the game the other night in Minneapolis, this was his response. Uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to start with uh, my first day of training camp uh, till now. I think I progressed uh, tremendously. Um, obviously, nobody on, on a, on a uh, still is, is playing up to their potential, you know, and that just goes to reflect on, on how the, the games we played and the games we've lost and the games that we, we have, you know, Went into ties with overtime, and uh, nobody's nobody's playing their best football uh, right now. And um, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and, and single myself out or anybody else out, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we're a team. And um, you know, I think we just gotta keep you know keep building. Maybe we always have a future, and it's always gonna be you know next season. Uh, so I mean, we, we got a lot of work to do right now. We got a lot a lot of work to do next year. So, you know, one thing I try not to do in this job is assign what a player or a coach is supposed to say, like what the acceptable uh, response would have been there. Because that's when things get boring and uh, not necessarily even worthwhile. You know, and I'll give you an example on the, on the positive uh, extreme, really. When you're talking about Cam Hayward, he is a positive extreme. But Cam takes it too far. Cam could have a performance individually where he, I don't know, hits the quarterback 12 times, sacks him three times, has a pass defense, interception, even a pick six. And if the Steelers lose by one point, he'll say it was my fault. So you find it to be, ironically, disconcerting. You know, you don't take him seriously. I'm saying that with respect. So you don't want to have every player saying, it's my fault, I'm terrible, it's my fault, I'm terrible. I know a lot of fans have had that reaction uh, over different points of this season in particular with Ben, where Ben Roethlisberger has said, uh, I've got to be better, it's on me. And, you know, you get tired of hearing it because you kind of get the sense that he doesn't, really mean it or that he can't mean it because he was very, very, very good in that given game. 
So I don't want to say that every player who's struggling should step up and say, I'm terrible, or whatever. But when you listen to Bush there, you get the very distinct impression that he really thinks everything's just fine. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. I'm not going to go over every syllable he spoke and parse it all and throw it back in his face because it might not have been as precisely worded as everyone would want, especially when words like that get printed. They'll really, really get carved apart. But when you listen to him, and that's one of the joys of doing podcasts here is that I can share with you that audio. You can hear the way he spoke it and judge for yourself is that he's, he's not there. He's not concerned, like, at all. And that's what comes across in his play. I believe him completely when he says that he has progressed with the knee, with his confidence in the knee, with his push-off, with his dynamism, with everything that you'd want to see come back with the knee. I don't believe him at all, how could you, that he's the same player. He knows what he was doing as a rookie. He knows all of the ground that he was covering, how he could go sideline to sideline, how he eliminated screen passes, basically, for the opposition, how he was effective in coverage, and he was also a pretty good tackler. Not one of those things applies. Not now. And you can do one of two things with that in any walk of life. You can say, hey, I, I'm just awful right now. I, I need to find a way to be better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to focus on things that I can do to improve. What have I done wrong here? Let's, let's talk it over. Let's talk it over with the coaches. Let's talk it over with teammates. That doesn't sound like it's happening, does it? No. No, it really doesn't. Or you can take the other approach, which is maybe to get uh, defensive and then to have that turn into delusion, where you just tell yourself everybody's out to get me. Can you imagine, try to picture this, the heat he's getting in that locker room? It's not stuff that we see. They don't have inside-the-room type documentaries on this, particularly not in COVID times. You can't see or hear anything that goes on in that space. But can you imagine particularly with defensive guys. They're putting their bodies on the line every snap. Big guys up front. 
or Minka Fitzpatrick or the guys in the back who are having to make all these tackles that the inside linebackers miss. Can you imagine what they're saying to him, how they're getting in his face, and rightly so? You have two paths there, if you're him. You take it, you learn from it, you get better. Or you just hunker down. And that, yesterday, my friends, what we heard was a young athlete hunkering down and saying, everything's okay, everyone's just picking on me. I had no issue with his saying that, you know, the entire Steelers team is down or whatever else here. Because, again, that's easy to parse. What do you mean everybody's down? T.J. Watt's on your team having a DPOY kind of year. So is Cam. How can you say such a thing? That's just somebody talking in the moment. I, I don't hold that against him. But the part where he doesn't want to hear or accept, much less speak anything at all negative about his own contributions to this team. That's that's not a problem for now. That's a problem for a long time to come. When we come back, just one question. J1Q comes from Mike Manorino, who says, Tomlin the coach versus Tomlin the personnel influencer. The former has had many impressive wins with pockets of not great talent. The latter is partly responsible for known thinness and average youth at key positions. How does the latter evolve going forward? Well, Mike, that answer is going to have to begin with whatever Kevin Colbert's future is. Colbert and Tomlin have had, as both will attest in the strongest possible terms, a great relationship, an honest back-and-forth working relationship. If there's one who dictates over the other, who has the last word or the last say, it's never been transparent to any of us who cover the team, and to my knowledge, to to anybody at all, uh, because it apparently doesn't exist. They talk things out. They reach a consensus, not just with each other, but with other people on their staff, whether that's coaches or evaluators or scouts. And that applies to the draft, to external acquisitions, and it's been that way for a long time now. I know that's frustrating for fans and obviously for people who do what I do because it's a lot more convenient to just assign blame. You know, what a bad pick by Colbert or what a bad pick by Tomlin or what a great job that was by so-and-so to recognize T.J. Watt when no one else did. But where anything moves in the immediate future following this season is going to depend right off the bat on what Colbert wants to do. I won't be surprised in the slightest 
if he retires. I don't believe he's going to another team. He's hinted for three or four years now that he might be done. That's why he's been signing a series of one-year contracts. And I think this, this might be it, depending on how all of this unfolds. From there, man, you are... <laughs> You're getting into some uncharted territory there. The head coach isn't going anywhere. I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised if there was some across the board retention of jobs. That's how I'll word that. That doesn't mean everybody's going to get fired or everybody's going to be shoved into a different role. But when you have a situation like that, there's no way that Tomlin won't work toward asserting himself to make sure that he at least maintains status quo with the coach's influence. And really, for a coach of his tenure, that's the norm through the NFL. Whether you or I think it's deserved isn't what I'm bringing up here. That just happens to be the way it goes. If you've been around for a while and you're a head coach in this league, you're not staying apart from all of the other processes. There's just no way. There's no way. So I, I think to try to answer your question, Mike, is you're going to see Tomlin maintain the same role no matter what happens. I have a really hard time believing he'd want a greater role. I think he's comfortable with the situation just as it is. Depends on who would be the GM and, of course, what Art Rooney would want to do as to how that unfolds specifically. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow.